Welcome back to the Young Buck Bets podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, and my God, what a week it was for your boy. I came out on Friday's pod, and I told you guys that after I went 0-6 on Thursday, that I was out for blood on Sunday. My exact quote was, just wait. I bounced back with the best of them. And what did I do on Sunday? I bounced back with the best of them. I put my money where my mouth is. Maybe it was luck. Maybe it was skill. I'm going with a 60-40 skill luck split. It was all me. I bounced back with the best of them. I went 4-1, and 5-1 and one if you count the Cowboys pick with the asterisks on it. And on top of that, one of those wins was on the Titans live money line at plus 360 when they were down 14 nothing to the Colts in the first quarter. And it's for reasons just like that that you need to be following the socials for the pod at Dylan Kelly Show or my personal Twitter at Dylan Kelly 9797 so that you don't miss out on tweets like that. Get on the Instagram, get on the Twitter, follow them, because guess what? I put out gold like Titans plus 360 live money line, and it hits, baby. It hits. That one was huge. Speaking of socials, take a look down at your phone screen right now and check out the new logo that was made by Brooklyn Sagashe. I How awesome does that logo look? How sick does that look? Honestly, those on like t-shirts, hoodies, social media pages, absolutely anything. It's so sick. I'm so thankful. She did an absolutely amazing job. Shout out to you, Brooklyn. Go follow her Instagram at bsagashay photography. That's at b-s-c-z-a-k-s-y. I absolutely butchered that, so I'm going to do it again. At b-s-z-e-k-s-y photography. Go follow her. She's got some cool stuff on there that you might like. Thank you, Brooklyn. I'm sorry for absolutely butchering your Instagram, but everyone go give her a follow because she did an absolutely amazing job. And speaking of amazing things, let's go back to hap- or talking about how damn great I was on Sunday. The picks I gave out were as follow. Eagles minus 3.5, cash. Titans money line plus 110, cash. Titans live money line plus 360, double cash. One of the two parlays I gave out hits. Cincinnati and the New York Jets over 43 and the Rams minus 10 on the alternative point spread, that cash. The asterisk pick of the Cowboys plus 120 on the money line cash because I had to bet it. I had to. I thought Dak was going to play. I told you guys I'm betting it because I thought he was going to play. I thought he was. He got ruled out late. It still hit, so I won money. And a lot of the leans I gave on props, same with Ryan, they also hit. Something like Jamar Chase anytime TD, Daryl Henderson anytime TD, Debo Samuel over receiving yards. All of those hit just to name a few. The only thing I lost was the money line parlay, which is almost just like a guaranteed chalk it up as a lose some money on a parlay every single week. So I think I'm actually going to throw it away, but I don't really know. Ryan did end up going one and five on his picks. His Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Piss Missile Mitchell, the new nickname that was given out on this pod on Friday to him, Elijah the Piss Mitch, Missile Mitchell, anytime TD, that hit, but all in all, he had a rough gambling day, which is fine because he was a good guest to have, and sometimes you need somebody to you know, make you, make you look good on the pod, and that's what he was here for, and he made me look great. So as you know, it's Tuesday, so I got some hot takes coming at the end of the show. I'll quickly recap the games I bet on and look ahead to week nine to let you know what I'm leaning. But first, I do want to get into some headlines from the sporting world because it kind of there was a lot of big headlines that came out between Friday and today. 
And the first one I want to get into, I'm just going to go quickly because my phone literally just buzzed as I am recording this. And the headline was Raiders receiver Henry Ruggs III charged with DUI resulting in death. Apparently, he was driving late in the morning, I guess. I'm just reading this. This is a live reaction for me, so I have no notes taken on this. I'm just reading. I'm scrolling through it on my phone. He was driving a Chevrolet Corvette a little before 3.40 a.m. when it crashed into the rear of a Toyota RAV4 on a busy residential area uh, south of the Las Vegas Strip. Rug showed sign of impairment at DUI at the scene. I don't know. That's, that is a tough one. I believe what they say at the end here, what do they say? They said it. Uh, this could be the end of his career. It could take two to <laughs> minimum two year sentence in Las Vegas. So I don't know. That's a terrible situation all around. Henry Ruggs probably not going to see him in a Raiders uniform or in the NFL ever again. Um, especially if everything comes out and he actually was under the influence and everything. Feel bad for the family that was involved. Feel bad for Henry Ruggs and his family. Um, horrible situation. On to another horrible situation in the sporting world. And it's the Chicago Blackhawks scandal involving Kyle Beach. And the first thing I want to say is the amount of courage that Kyle Beach has shown by coming forward is like absolutely admirable. And I feel so bad for this guy, as I'm assuming like the whole world does. Like nobody at in any place should ever have to go through something like this. And the fact that he had to go through something like this while also fighting for his career in the NHL is something I couldn't even imagine going through. And it's something that hopefully nobody ever has to go through again because of his courage and speaking out and saying, this is what happened. Hopefully that like, this is a benchmark and this never ever happens again because of, because of like this people like Brad Aldrich, who's the former video coach of the Blackhawks who committed the assault. He's what's wrong with this world. Um, the fact that this man was ever in a position of, of power and abusing it like he did is absolutely gross. The fact that the executives of executives of this team, Joel Quenville and others that were notified and they did nothing also speaks like volumes to the kind of people that they are. I understand at the time they were going for a cup and whatever. Sometimes you get really caught up in, in going for that cup, but this was way bigger than hockey and it needed to be dealt with instantly and swiftly and it's just heart-wrenching to hear Kyle Beach talk about like how alone he felt at the time um I do think Gary Bettman has handled this situation well so far but the NHLPA and Donald Fear I think that's how you pronounce the name Donald Fear also need to be held accountable as you know they're there to protect the players and in this case they really did not I hope that coming forward and everything like all this justice that's coming coming with all this coming forward and everything through the investigation, I hope this process will help Kyle with the healing like with his healing process. And I wish him and his family all the best as he continues his hockey career in Germany. Um, the second headline is just like I mean, we got a it was it was a little dark. It's a little sad. There's a lot of things going on in the sporting world, but you just you have to talk about it because you know what? If you don't, then then what are you like? You need to speak up about this kind of stuff. Kyle Beach, I, my heart goes out to you, man. Everybody that I know, their heart goes out to you. I don't know. All the best to you, man. The second headline is, or the third headline, I guess, is one of the most dominant players in the NFL. Derrick Henry had surgery this morning on his foot and may miss the rest of the season. I believe it was six to 10 weeks was the timeline. He's averaged 117.1 rush yards per game this so far this season and already has 10 rushing touchdowns on the year. In my mind, this is like a pure case of just overworking your top guy. He was averaging almost 30 total touches a game, 27 rushes per game. And with how physical this guy runs, it just caught up to him. He broke a bone in his foot. And that's kind of tough because big boys breaking bones in their foot 
especially at running back when they really, it's all about planting off and taking off for cuts and everything. When you're a big boy, I really hope that, that this doesn't linger on him and, you know, it doesn't hinder him longer than the six to 10 weeks that it's supposed to. Um, the Titans are in some serious trouble now as the, he's the heartbeat of the offense and the team. They went out and signed, they wiped the dust off of Adrian Peterson's knees um, and I don't really think he's going to be much of a factor. I guess he can kind of run in between the tackles like Derrick Henry did, but that was two years ago in Washington. I just don't, man, I don't see it happening there. They don't really have another bell cow running back. I think today I'd be shocked if they don't go out and get a guy like Melvin Ingram from Denver at the trade deadline. If they don't, they are in some serious trouble. Like I said, hopefully Henry's foot injury doesn't really linger for him with big guys and foot injuries. That is not good. And so now I'm done with the headlines. I'm going to move on to the recap of my bets. And I'm just going to hit them quickly and then dive into net next week in the hot takes. I got caught up in recapping the bets too much the last few weeks, taking a little bit too much of like a, oh, hand up, I was wrong. Guess what? No one cares if you're wrong. They only care if you're right. So let's talk about my picks right now. So here we go. We had the Eagles minus three and a half over the Lions to start us off. And I called this one. The Eagles were playing up to expectations at two and five. The Lions stink and the Eagles spanked them 44 to six. And I don't know if the Lions will win a game this season. Just wait for the hot takes. It was 38 nothing at the end of the third quarter. And I believe it was 41 nothing at one point in the fourth quarter. And this one was an easy cash. Just a quick little RIP to all Kenneth Gainwell fantasy owners. Um, who put him in the lineup this week because everybody, like every big site, Yahoo, ESPN, they all had him for big projections this week. He had There was two rushing touchdowns from Boston Scott and two rushing touchdowns from Jordan Howers, and that's just like a slap in the face and a kick in the balls if you put him in your lineup. So <laughs> we had the Eagles minus 3.5 and, and that cash. So we're 1-0 and so far if you keep it score at home. Next game I had was the Titans money line at plus 110 as my dog of the week, and they went into the Indianapolis Colts, and they slap, or they didn't slap them. They won 34-31 to 31 in overtime. I don't know what I'm saying. They cashed us the ticket, and they moved the dog of the week to 6-2 and two on the season. But that wasn't all. I tweeted out, like I said, at Dylan Kelly Show, I tweeted out, I hopped on the Titans' money line at plus 360 when they went down 14 nothing, and obviously that cash is two. And since I made it public, it's an official double cash on this game, making me 3-0 and on the day so far. Put it up on the board. Hopefully the Titans trade for Melvin Gordon, like I said, because, yeah, he's out 6-10 to 10 weeks, and without Derrick Henry, that team's in trouble. My next games were also at 1 o'clock, so it was a great 1 o'clock hour for me. It was a parlay, and it was the Cincinnati and New York Jets over 43 and the Rams minus 10.5 on the alternative point spread versus the Texans. That cashes, and it was an insanely good 1 o'clock for me. I was just hitting bets left and right and fist pumping all over my apartment. The Jets and Cincinnati game, the total ended up being 65. We only needed 44, um, the, and the Jets won, which is shocking. The Jets won. The Jets won 34-31 over the Bengals. That's so weird because the Jets' two wins this season have actually come against the Titans and the Bengals, and you just wouldn't expect them to come against two pretty good teams, actually. So shout out to the Jets. QB Mike White, who went 37-45 of for 405 yards and three touchdowns. I think he threw two picks, but who the hell cares? Comes in and throws 405 yards and three touchdowns. What a performance from that guy against a really, really tough Bengals defense that's really shown their teeth teeth over the last few weeks the Rams slapped the Texans 38-22 they actually covered the real spread I think it was minus 15 and a half they actually covered the real spread but we only needed at 10 and a half so that covered as 
well. That one was easy. Matt Stafford continues to be great. He had 305 yards and three touchdowns. Cooper Cup continues to go off. Seven receptions, 115 yards, one touchdown. And the Rams' D just got even better when they acquired Von Miller, Von Miller yesterday in a trade from Denver. He's not what he used to be, but he will help that team for sure. This Rams team is absolutely all in on a championship this year. And guess what? I can actually see them winning it. I know I call Cowboys to win the division, but that's a hot take. Like in reality, I can see the Rams winning the Super Bowl this year. So if you're keeping track, that's 4-0 and so far. And what a day. What a 1 o'clock it was. I guess Ryan was my good luck charm. And like I said, I just needed a mush on my show to make me look good. And I can say all that stuff because he's my brother. So don't hold it against me. The only thing that lost this week was obviously, like I said, the money line parlay, and that's why it's getting retired at 0-7 on the season. My parlays will probably look similar to like the Bengals and Rams one that I put together this week because I've already hit on a few of those behind the scenes this season, and now I hit one publicly. Those are more where it's at for me. I have a better read on those ones. So the money line parlay I had was the Bucks minus 220 versus the Saints. They lost 36-27. Um, Jameis Winston done for the season with a torn ACL, but still absolutely going off in the dressing room, still making headlines. I love the video of him dancing in the dressing room with the crutches i thought that was absolutely amazing i have to i watched it and laughed out i don't i'm not even watching it right now and i can i can't stop smiling he is a absolutely electric human being i don't care i hope this guy comes back next year and just slings the ball all around the field i also had the chargers minus 215 against the patriots as a second leg of the parlay and they lost 27 to 24 um the chargers d looked pretty bad herbert looked off and it's a tough showing coming out of the bye week for them and that was the only bet that lost. So I did say there was an asterisk five and one because I gave out the Cowboys as a pick, but said no Dak, no Bueno, but he was ruled out late. So I still had the bet in because I bet it earlier. Like I bet it on Friday, like I said, but so I had it at plus plus one twenty on the money line. It cashed, but I'm a man of my word. So I'm officially four and one and five and one with an asterisk on the week. So a quick recap of Ryan's picks. And I really feel bad doing this. I hate putting a guy on blast that I actually love, but you know what? Samaje Pirine, anytime touchdown, doesn't score. Parlay with Derrick Henry, over 13 and a half receiving yards. That one doesn't hit. Joe Burrow, over one and a half passing touchdowns. That doesn't hit, but it doesn't matter because they were parlayed together. So that's a non-hit bet, 0-2. Derrick Henry, over 13 and a half receiving yards by itself. That didn't hit, 0-3. Justin Herbert, over two and a half passing touchdowns. That didn't hit, 0-4. Elijah Mitchell, touchdown, anytime. The Piss Missile Mitchell, anytime touchdown. That hit for him. Love it. He created the nickname that I'm going to use forever. Andy hit a bet. Can't hate on it. And his parlay was Cincinnati minus nine and a half. That doesn't hit because they lose to the Jets. Who would have thought that? And the Rams minus 13 and a half. That hit, but it didn't matter. So he was officially one and five. So it was a rough outing. But actually, like a lot of the props that he talked about and a lot of the things that he said he liked actually hit. So like, what can you do? Like he, he kind of gave you guys some gold, but then his actual picks just didn't hit. He's He was a great guest. He's going to be on again. Um, there's the recap though. There's the recap. Let's get our word from Bounty Sports before we get into next week and some hot takes. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening. But let me tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Bounty Sports, the Pick'em style daily fantasy sports website and app where you can join tournaments for as little as $1. They run tournaments in NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, UFC, soccer, and even the PGA. Go on my Twitter at DylanKelly9797 and sign up using my link to let them know I sent you. And you get a free $5 when you sign up using my link. You could use that for five different tournaments and make absolute bank. Bounty Sports.
pick quick, win big. Okay, so as always, great ad on my part, but I had to go on Twitter and look up this Jameis thing. I'm watching it now and watching this guy go off in the crutches. Like, I, I just, I don't know why. I had to watch it again. It's absolutely electric. If you go on Twitter and just type in Jameis Winston, there's also another one of him dr- dancing in the dressing room, eating a W like he always does. And it was just, I don't know, electric human being. I, I love that guy. Hope he heals up. He's not back this season, but hope he heals up, plays the NFL again, even though I said, Last week, I didn't think he was going to play in the NFL again. Anyways, it's time to go into the look ahead for the Week 9 slate. The Bucks, Seahawks, Lions, and Washington football team are all on by this week. So, there's a lot of quality teams in action. Like, the only team that really, especially with the Seahawks without Russell Wilson, the only team you care about there is the Bucks having a bye week, and they actually need it to get a little bit healthier to be more competitive. So, it comes at a good time for the Bucks on the bye week there. The Thursday nighter is a little bit dull this week. It's the Colts versus the Jets. The Colts are minus 10.5 point favorites. They're minus 530 on the money line. Jets plus 10.5 point dogs, plus 390 on the money line, and the over-under set at 46.5. I don't like the spread here either way, just because we have no clue how Mike White and the Jets QB um, is going to play after just one start. Like I know he went absolutely off, and it was impressive, whatever, but nobody really knows how he's going to play in his second game here. Um, you're going to try to rely on Carson Wentz the other way. You've seen what he did late in the game against the Titans there. It was just absolutely atrocious. Um, so with that being, I'll probably be on TD scores. So like I said, go follow the socials. I'll be on TD scores, tweeting them out. So keep your eyes on Twitter for those. But for now, I got no leans and no bets on the Colts and Jets Thursday nighter. The next one, the Vikings versus the Ravens. This is going to be a great game. The Ravens are minus five and a half point favorites. They're minus 240 on the money line. The Vikings plus 190 on the money line, plus five and a half point dogs, obviously. Um, the over-under is at 49 and a half. This will be a good game. Since John Harbaugh took over in 2008 as the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, they have a combined 80 and 40 record in games after the bye week. That's obviously not the game after the bye week. It's just the remaining games in the season after the bye. 80 and 40 after the bye week in his career as a head coach. What this shows is that Harbaugh knows how to rest his team while also getting them geared up and ready to make a push year in and year out after the bye week. I do like the Ravens on the money line here. I I like the over potentially in this one, and I will give you the full breakdown on Friday because this will 100% be a game that I watch and a game that I bet on. Same with this next one, probably. It's the Browns and the Bengals. The Bengals are three-point favorites, minus 145 on the money line. The Browns plus 125 on the money line, and the over-under is set at 47. This is a huge week for both of these teams here. The Browns lost to the Steelers after getting just a little bit healthier. They got Chubb and Baker Mayfield back last week. They lost to the Steelers, and the Bengals lost to the Jets this week, and they both need a huge bounce back. The Browns struggled running the ball last week, which is scary for them if that continues, as that's their identity. That's all they can do. If they have to rely on Baker throwing the ball more, just like he did last week when he attempted 31 throws, they're not going to score many points, just like last week when against like when they only scored 10 against the Steelers. They lost 15-10. to 10. They couldn't rush the ball. They had to rely on Baker. I get that he's hurt, torn labrum in his other shoulder, but 
they just you can't rely on Baker to get you points. So they only scored 10. The Bengals, on the other hand, they had a bad loss to the Jets because it's the Jets. Um, the defense had an off week, and they let off 34 points. But that also could be because you, you never knew what you were going to expect from Mike White. They're probably expecting a lot of dump-offs, and this guy actually wasn't afraid to uncork it and throw it downfield, almost like Taylor Heineke earlier this season when he came in for Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the offense still showed that they are rolling, and they put up 31 points. There's no reason why they can't do it again against the Bronze on Sunday. So I would like, like my early lean is the Bengals money line and minus three on the spread. It's an early lean, and I'm guaranteeing you I'm probably breaking this one down on Friday as well. The next game is the Broncos at the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys are 10-point favorites. They are minus 470 on the money line. Broncos are plus 350 on the money line, and the over-under is set at 49.5. Dak is supposed to be back. Every Everybody kind of still worried about him being up in the air. He's supposed to be back. He's supposed to play. And I think the Cowboys absolutely spanked them and keep on rolling, but I probably won't bet it at minus 10 or minus 470 on the money line. Um, for fantasy purposes, I hope Dak Prescott for Cowboy, the Cowboys go off. I hope Noah Fant for the Broncos go off just because I'm in first place in my one league. I'm 0-8 in another league. Don't want to talk about it, but I'm first place in one league and I have both those guys and I'm hoping for big games from them. Other than that, I don't really think I got nothing, but like if you're betting and you want my opinion on the game, I do think I would probably lean Cowboys minus 10, but who knows? I may do an alternative point spread that brings the, that point spread down to like seven, seven and a half, and that's more where I'll probably take it and put it in a parlay. So my early lean would be the Cowboys. Next game is the Bills versus the Jaguars. The Bills are 14 and a half point favorites. They're minus 950 on the money line. The Jags plus 640 on the money line and the over-under set at 49. And the only thing I really like here is probably the over. I think the Bills bounce back after kind of a really weird game versus Miami. And I think they actually do put up a ton of points here against uh, Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is good enough for the Jags to put up 14, drive the team down the field for a couple field goals to get them 20. Um, and that's kind of all you need to hit this over because I really do think the Bills could put up a 40 bomb here early. So my early lean is the over 49 in that game. I assume that might be a parlay piece as well. The Texans and the Dolphins, I don't even care about this game. I'm not giving you the odds. Just don't care. The only thing that I will say about this game, because I might do on um, on Fridays, I might do like at the end, I might just do a little props corner where at the end I just talk about all the props that I kind of like and I'm leaning towards. But the only thing that I'll kind of probably look at there is Tua or Jalen Waddle anytime for touchdowns. But other than that, I really just don't care. Maybe even Miles Gaskin, depending on his, because he's been on and off this season. His odds are pretty good, plus 150 or so. I'll probably be on Miles Gaskin. But Jalen Waddle, Tua, Miles Gaskin, those will be guys I look at for touchdowns. Other than that, I really just don't care about the Texans versus the Dolphins. The next game is the Falcons versus the Saints. And this one's interesting without Jameis. The Saints are still six point favorites over the Falcons. They're minus 265 on the money line. The Falcons are plus 210, and the over under is set at 42. Taysom Hill will most likely start for New Orleans, and he's good enough for the Saints to win this game. My only concern is if the Saints get down early, they won't be able to throw the ball to catch up. Um, We've seen that last year when Taysom Hill came in for Drew Brees for a little bit. He didn't throw the ball well. And another thing to point out, too, if you're an Alvin Kamara fantasy owner, his production went down greatly once Taysom Hill came in last year. So maybe think about selling high on Alvin Kamara. There's a little tip from your boy. The over-under of 42 is actually kind of gross, and I'd probably lean the over because Taysom Hill has shown if he does play that he is capable of getting some points, but I will have to wait until more news comes out because I believe he's questionable right now. I'll have to get more news about who about who's active, who's inactive in that game. 
to really give you a lean, but I probably will be leaning towards the over-under and not the spread in that game. The next game is the Raiders versus the Giants, and the Raiders got a lot of shit going on around their team, off the field, on the field. Like, they just, I don't know, man. They even just had something with Josh Jacobs where they reported he had chest injury. He put out an Instagram post that said, stop the cap, as if they were lying, and... I don't know, man. They they just have a lot of stuff going on around them, but they're three-point favorites over the Giants. They're minus 160 on the money line. The Giants plus three-point uh, dogs, plus 135 on the money line. The over-unders at 47. And I, I wrote these notes before I got the, the Henry Ruggs news. I think they were being disrespected here at minus three. But, man, with all this stuff going on, I'm just going to scrap the notes and go off the top of the dome so you guys get this for real. I, w- I would lean the Giants here. When you just got this much with the John Gruden thing and now the Henry Ruggs thing, and actually Henry Ruggs is a big part of their throwing offense. I think he was getting like five, six targets a game. Um, a big part of their deep ball offense, especially, which is what Derek Carr needs. I just, I don't know. I don't like that Raiders team right now. There's just too much smoke going on around that team. I'd probably lean the Giants plus three, maybe even a dog of the week pick Giants plus 135, thinking the Raiders might be a little bit mentally checked out all playing for themselves. Just losing a guy in Henry Ruggs there. He might be guys like friends. He's been there for a couple of years. I don't know. My early lean would be Giants plus three or Giants plus 135 on the money line, but that's just off the top of the dome. I literally just, I just, I, I will probably do more research on that now, but I'm just top of the dome. The next pick, Chargers versus the Eagles. And the Chargers are only one-point favorites. This is basically a pick They're minus 120 on the money line. Eagles, yeah, one-point dogs, plus 100 on the money line. The over-under set at 50. I don't know what's going on here. I, I know the Chargers have looked bad in the last two games with the bye week mixed in there with losses to Baltimore and New England, but this seems like a get-right game to me. I get the Eagles just spanked the Lions, but it's the damn Lions. They st- Dink. They get spanked by everyone. And I think the Chargers, even though they're 4-3, and three, they've looked bad. They probably have a big bounce back game. This seems, like I said, like a get right game. I don't know. I've fallen in love with betting on the Chargers this year. I've absolutely loved them. Um, I can't see it being any different this week. So just wait till Friday. I'll probably be on it, especially if it stays at a pick because I don't really know what they're doing. The Packers at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are one-point favorites and minus 120 on the money line. The Packers plus 100 on the money line. The over-under set at 54 and a half. And this one has dog of the week literally written all over it. I think both of these teams prove something different in week eight. KC proved they are what they are, which is mediocre with the performance they gave against the Giants on Monday night. And the Packers proved that they were for real when they beat the Cardinals on Thursday. Cardinals were undefeated. The Packers barely had half an like they had half an offense. They were missing Lazard. They're missing Scantling. They're missing Adams. They were missing everybody. Tunyon went down and they still won. I absolutely love the Packers in that game, especially if Adams comes back. It looks like Rodgers at least is going to get Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez Scantling back. And so I I this is going to be a game I bet on. I will 100% be on the Packers here. I absolutely love that pick. The next game is the Titans versus the Rams. The Rams are seven and a half point favorites, minus 360 on the money line. Titans plus 280 on the money line. The over-under set at 53 and a half. Big, big over-unders here. 54 and a half in the Packers and Chiefs, 53 and a half in this game. Um, no Derrick Henry, and I got no faith in the Titans. I'd lead Rams minus seven and a half here, but I'll probably be on props and stuff for this one. Um, TD scores, Stafford overpassing TDs. So keep your eye on my Twitter for those because this is the Sunday night game. I probably will be all over the props for that one. 
Um, the Bears and the Steelers is the Monday night game. So another one that's not really Thursday nighter and the Monday nighter is not very good. The Sunday nighter isn't bad with the Rams and uh, and Titans, but yeah, Sunday and or Monday and Thursday nighter aren't very good. The Steelers are minus six and a half point favorites over the Bears, minus two eighty five on the money line. Um, Bears are plus two twenty five in the money line, and the over under set at a gross forty. Um, and as gross as it sounds, speaking of gross things, I may like the Bears, but I just I don't know. They stink. Matt Nagy stinks, and I just I don't know if I can bring myself to bet on them. But I'm also not sure if betting on Big Ben will make me feel any better better either. I don't know. Over under projected at 40 is gross, and I don't know. I'd leave the Bears like plus six and a half. Probably the over thinking at 40, like it's gonna have, like it's gotta be over there, man. Like it's gotta go over. But anytime you bet on either of the either of these teams, it's really going to be tough to stomach. So I guess like my leans are very, very like don't just don't fade these leans. It's Bears plus six and a half and the over 40 in the Bears and Steelers Monday night game. But obviously, you'll get all of my actual picks on Friday when I lock them all in. And that's it. That's the recap. There's lots of leans to be had there, lots of picks to be made. And as always, like I said, I'll lock them in on Friday's pod, and I'll put my picks through the Dylan Kelly ringer, and they'll come out on the other side as winners. But now it's time for everyone's favorite time of the week. It's Hot Take Tuesday. And like I, like I always do, I give you a recap of last week's hot takes. I usually do a futures, a power rankings I was doing, and then I give you a, a one for the week. So I said Mitch Marner was going to be traded at the trade deadline. There's my future. Like I call Jamar Chase, 150-plus yards and two touchdowns versus the Jets. <laughs> Three receptions, 32 yards, one touchdown. So not even close. And then I did my quarterback power rankings. So this week, my hot take number one, strap in, get ready, Get something cold to grab because this one's on fire and it's the Lions go 0-17 this season. They're 0-8 so far. And the rest of the way, they play tough teams that you just don't expect them to even really come close to beating. They play the Steelers, Browns, Vikings, Cardinals, Seahawks when Russ will be back, and the Packers, which leaves them three games where they may have a shot, and that's versus the Bears, Broncos, and Falcons. But a Lions team led by Jerry Goff just does not seem like they even have a chance at winning a ball game. And this season, I don't know. I would expect more tears from Dan Campbell because my hot take number one is that the Lions don't win a game this season, and they go 0-17. And my hot take number two, I'm going away from the sporting world, but also kind of tying into the sporting, but keeping it away from the sporting world. Hot take number two, Danny McRae wins Survivor this season. I know that it's a weird one. It's not sports, but Danny McRae wins Survivor this season. If my sports book offered it as a bet, I'd take it. He's a former NFL player. He dominates every challenge and he seems to have an alliance with like just about everyone. So hot take number two is Danny McRae wins Survivor this year. And yes, I watch things other than sports. I text with my mom every Wednesday night. I talk to her about Survivor. I sit there with my girlfriend in the apartment. We drink Shirley Temples and we dummy Survivor. I absolutely love it. So there's no power rankings this week. I'm going to put out a poll asking you guys what you want me to rank next. Teams, wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, fast food places, best movies, whatever you guys want me to rank, I'll do it in the power rankings. I'm going to put out a poll on Twitter. Message me, vote on the poll, respond to the poll. Let me know what you want me to power rank next week. But my hot take number three is that the Green Bay Packers go into Kansas City as the dogs and win by 10 or more points. 
even without Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is going to drag this team to a W in every big game, just like he's done his whole career. This Chiefs D stinks and one of the worst in the league. And the Packers are going to absolutely slice and dice them all day long. I love the overs on all of Aaron Rodgers' props because when he plays against a big team like you saw on Thursday night, he was going against the Cardinals' undefeated team. He had to ruin it. He has to win. He's going against Mahomes and a struggling Chiefs team. He's going to want to go in there and smack them. He went in against the Bears, and I told you he wanted to let his dick hang, and he did. He went in there, told the crowd, I own you, and he does. Aaron Rodgers loves big games, and what is this? This is a big game. Packers win by 10 or more versus the Chiefs this week. There it is. There's the hot takes, baby. And that is it. That's all I got for you guys. Go vote on my poll on Twitter and Instagram, at Dylan Kelly Show. Let me know what you want to see in the power rankings next week. Give the pod a five-star rating wherever you're listening to right now, and I will see you guys on Friday. Keep it sleazy, and I'm out.